Welcome to Transcendence Cinema. In this podcast, me, Greg, and my co-host Victor will be exploring films that transcend the art of storytelling or artists that use the art of filmmaking to uh, tell stories. And today we're going to be exploring Altered States. So, uh, Victor, you are the one that picked this movie. So what made you want to do this one? Um, I've actually been wanting to watch this movie for quite a while. I, I bought it a few years ago um, at a local DVD music store. And um, I, I'm just drawn to films that deal with um, psychedelics, drugs, like anything that sort of alters the mind, I find to be very fascinating. And um, just the premise interested me. The director interests me. And so all these all those elements combined made me think that this might be a good film to talk about or bring up to you. Uh, definitely, because I wanted to do this podcast where we talked about like art house films. And like I said, that filmmakers that transcend film, film, like whether it be with their storytelling, whether it be with visuals or uh, concepts or something like that. So this was definitely like a good jumping off point because it gave me a really good idea of what I want to do with this podcast. And it's mm -hmm. like, take these movies that have really interesting ideas and kind of just have jumping off points of discussion. Um, this movie was actually recommended to me by a friend. She's like, you got to watch altered States. So finally this gives me an excuse to watch it. This is Absolutely. another reason I wanted to do the podcast so we can watch movies that we wouldn't watch otherwise. Yeah. It's a um, perfect reason to. Right. So um, it's super interesting because the deprivation tank is very heavily talked about in this movie <laughs> and it's only i've only just heard about it recently because of joe rogan and all that of course okay <laughs> i didn't realize it was such an old i mean it's not that old but you know from the 50s 60s it that was, was something that was used in research yeah to research psychedelics i guess the mk ultra i'm assuming anyway right <laughs> yeah i wasn't really aware of its usage either in history um, it's something I've, I've known about for a while, but, um, but like it's effects and science I've never really dug into, but definitely after watching this, I'm like, I sort of want to experience one myself or just mm -hmm. read more about what exactly it's doing to the brain or how your brain responds to being in an environment like that. Mm -hmm. um, very, uh, fascinating. Yeah, I saw that there was a deprivation tank like mini documentary from Vice. It wasn't really that informative, but this guy oh. goes and he does a couple of deprivation tanks and talks about it. But um, there was one guy, he's tried the deprivation tank mm -hmm. and he's like, he didn't really get anything out of it until like the last 10 minutes. He said he saw a like red beam and like the most beautiful music started playing. And then next thing he knows, there's like a knock on the tank and he's like, wait, like I was just getting into it. So he got like obsessed with deprivation tanks. Yeah. So I'm super interested in them, but uh, we talked before and we were talking, we, neither of us have done any psychedelics or anything like that. Right. Is there any reason you haven't? Um, I think there's just, I think it's the unpredictable nature of it is what sort of scares me from trying it. Um, 100%. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> my brother, uh, I don't think he'll care. He's, he's tried uh, psychedelics and mm -hmm. um, he says he had a pretty wild experience with it and he enjoyed it um and you know that was like something that drew me a bit closer to wanting to try it but you still just the fact that like okay i'm going to be in this altered state um for hours and i pray to god that it's you know <laughs> gonna be a, a decent experience and that's just like not something i totally want to gamble with um right. i'm much more I'll, I'll smoke a little weed for a bit for a couple yeah. hours. And then, you know, that's, that's pretty mild. Um, but yeah, I just, it's that unpredictable nature of it that I think just makes me very unsure whether or not I want to. Um, yeah. I've always had this thing is like, if you're, if, this is my point of view of the whole thing is if you're going to do psychedelics, you're basically walking up to a door in your brain 
knocking on it and opening it and you don't know what's on the other side and that scares the shit out of me <laughs> because yeah um i bring that back to this movie because in this movie he's trying to use psychedelics deprivation tanks and everything to kind of like he's having these visions and he thinks he's able to understand what they mean with these mm -hmm. psychedelics you know and it's really interesting because it's almost like a reverse in a uh, human evolution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, like de-evolves as he uh, has these experiences. But I've always heard like in our DNA, there things that uh, our ancestors have experienced are still in our DNA. And if mm -hmm. we can learn how to, we can experience them or I don't know. And that's kind of what they do here is he uh, <laughs> he does it so much that he turns into an ape man or a caveman, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was pretty wild. I was like, whoa, we went there, didn't we? Right, yeah. <laughs> but I do understand what the movie's trying to do is because, like, maybe not physically, but mentally, if we could tap into that, like, caveman brain, I think it would be super interesting. Because I do think we have those dna molecules like buried inside of us somewhere i don't know that's just some theories i've heard yeah i mean and this is like a subject i don't know a whole lot about um and i sort of try to do like a uh very quick rundown of certain topics well before we uh, started this podcast um mm -hmm. but yeah the idea that these sort of memories or instincts are just buried deep within us and that they, they haven't necessarily left our mind but they're they're in there tucked in somewhere and i mean we can even experience that just with our own memories i mean you know you hear about suppressed uh memories things that maybe have caused you uh trauma in your life that are just sort of buried deep and that aren't really brought up until you know something happens or therapy or hypnotism these things sort of arise out of well seemingly nowhere and mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting to think about something farther than that. That's not necessarily ours, but in a sort of like collective, like being type of way, collective, like almost consciousness type state. Um, really just like far out. And I don't know how anyone could ever prove that that actually is a thing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Well, I have heard from uh, people that have taken psychedelics and they said they just feel one with, one with the earth and you just realize everything's kind of connected together mm -hmm. and you just feel a part of this universe. You're not because us as humans, we're very narcissistic and we think we're, uh, we're more important than we really are. But on psychedelics, you realize like everything is just like put together, like just one big, like you said, one big thing yeah uh, i think that's and then what's cool is that like a lot of people take psychedelics like you said that's like a cult like that's like a singular experience that most people feel mm -hmm. and i think that's just um that's one reason why i'm like super curious because i kind of already believe a lot of that without taking any of it of those chemicals mm -hmm. um yeah, because I've heard people say that, like, smoking pot is not the same as doing psychedelics. Not at but, all. But I feel like I have had those experiences smoking pot in the past. Oh, okay. I just feel like I just understand the world better, I guess. I don't know. It just also could just be the pot, but... <laughs> well, you could also say that about... That could also just be the LSD, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's like one of those things where... That just comes down to, I mean, really, it's just a different perspective. I mean, it's still, it sounds weird, but it's, in a sense, it's still your reality, whether or not you're under these uh, drugs. And does it count? I think, why not? If someone has a very spiritual experience with a psychedelic, like, who's to say that, oh, that doesn't mean anything or that's just uh, the drug like i think that that could still have i mean it does yeah. seem like it has profound effects on people in like a meaningful way oh right and who are you to say that that is meaningless or doesn't mean what they say it means right um, I, for some reason i was thinking about shallow how have you ever seen that movie shallow 
Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, with Jack Black. Oh, so uh, this movie, he, um, he comes on uh, Tony Robbins. He meets Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. and Tony Robbins is like, "You're a very shallow guy. You only look at the outer beauty. You don't look at the inner beauty." He's like, "Let me help you." So Tony Robbins puts this like voodoo spell on him, where he only sees the inner beauty, but it looks outer beauty to him. So these really like conventionally ugly women are very beautiful to him. Oh, and, okay. his, and his friend takes that away somehow. Like okay. he's able to say this word that makes it stop. He's like, why would you do that to me? He's like, I just wanted you to be normal. He's like, who's the most beautiful person in the world? He's like, Wonder Woman. He's like, what if everyone told you that Wonder Woman wasn't beautiful? He's like, I wouldn't care because, you know, I, I think she's beautiful. He's like, exactly. That's what I had. Mm. Um, But that just made me think of what you were saying. Like you're uh your experiences doesn't, you know, are your own experiences. They can be whatever you want them to be. That's, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but, uh, but also in this movie, so he, he dives deeper and deeper. And the only way I can, like, comprehend this is he turns into what? Dr. Manhattan? The know-all, see-all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. It becomes yeah, sort so, of like a one, like a just a, like a singular organism. I don't know how to explain it. Just like a almost not like a a nothing, but like an everything. I don't know how to explain it. That's a good way to say it. he's everything and nothing at the same time. Right. Yeah. So that was super interesting, dude. Yeah. Like the the um, I like I said, I don't, I didn't really know what this movie's about besides the premise, and it really fucking the effects dude and like just the certain like stages this character goes down mm-hmm. kind of blew my mind i was really impressed by not only like the visuals but like i guess how far they took it like this character reaching this state of <laughs> like i said everything and nothing very just like <laughs> out I there think- I think he's just like I said. I think it's regressing, and he's becoming the star that he originally like formed from. You know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, this came out in 1980. I didn't realize it was so old. Like I thought this movie came out in like the 90s. So watching it, I was like, oh, this is older than I realized it was gonna be. But like, so I mean. It, some of the filmmaking is a little old and you know campy or whatever but it still sure. holds up as a film dude in 2022 yeah i'm like, that's what i was saying i've i've not like seen a lot of movies recently i've been sort of uh on a dry spell with movie watching and so it's really refreshing to see a movie that surprises me mm-hmm. um, especially from you know older films and it's not to say that older films can't surprise but I don't know. Sometimes if they're too aged, it's just like ah. it is hard. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have that staying power, at least to me. Um, but mm-hmm. for a film from the '80s, I mean, and especially a sci-fi film with sort of experimental moments and 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 pretty far out effects, this this definitely holds up. It mm-hmm. was pretty awesome. I mean, like you said, there's some camping moments, definitely with the. Uh, the caveman. <laughs> I was not expecting that, but <laughs> right, it's still pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I had that like body horror and everything from the eighties. The eighties is known for kind of reminds me of like a Cronenberg, like The Fly or something like that. Oh, a hundred percent. Um. Oh, I didn't touch on the one part he did. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what drug because he went to Mexico and he did a drug. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I can think of is like peyote is something mm-hmm. similar. Like it's like a ritual drug. You have shamans and you know, the works. Right. Yeah. I don't I, know. It, it, that's the thing is it doesn't really explain what he's doing. It's just kind of like he's going down to Mexico to do this ritual. Right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think they actually give it a name. They just say, um, I think one of the characters who takes him to, um, that area describe it. What they use is like the first primordial plant, mm-hmm. and it's just like this completely ancient 
herb. Um, but yeah, like it kind of has like a peyote or like an ayahuasca sort of ritualistic aspect to it. At least yeah, ayahuasca. That's my knowledge. the one I was trying to think of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it seems, it seems like they just sort of boil these plants or mushrooms into a pot. For some reason, um, they decide to draw some blood from mm-hmm. the lead character and put that into it, which he <laughs> doesn't, not a fan of, <laughs> I mean, for obvious reasons. Right. Um, but yeah, that first, that's that scene, dude, like was pretty intense. I thought it was really intense. Like, I don't smoke pot, but if I was high, that would fuck me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure i mean just the anticipation of you know slicing his hand any sort of like cuts on film i'm just like ugh. seeing oh, like same. especially like towards like the webbing of the finger i thought that was pretty brutal right it's um, like you can feel it almost like exactly just did you do that to me <laughs> <laughs> um but there's there's some like really fucking impressive imagery in this um yeah. mm-hmm. i have to agree like I mean, the most basic was just like those fireworks, those like sparklers they were like shooting onto him as he was stumbling through the cave when he was first starting to feel the effects. Mm -hmm. Like very simple execution, but like it looked so cool. (laughs) Right, right. That's what I was thinking too. I'm like, God, these are like such simple things, but the way they're like weaved together, just like, I don't know. It's very cool looking, very visionary. Yeah, it's just cool to see like a, um, a sci-fi film from the '80s implement these like almost like avant-garde imagery, especially with these, like hallucination scenes, the drug trip scenes, mm-hmm. and also bring in like some like kind of high concept ideas, like this sort of de-evolving and coming going back to your primordial roots with the use of drugs and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, I was going to say, I might be ignorant, but I haven't seen a lot of movies go this route with drug use. Like, usually it's like a rec room for a dream, how, like, drugs ruin your life and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But this one definitely, like, drug use as an exploration of the human experience, I guess. Yeah, now that you mention it, I can't think of really any films at the moment that sort of use drugs and sort of uh, as and see them as, like, a tool. And cl- obviously, this takes it a you know a bit farther and into sort of dangerous territory but just just the just using it as a tool i don't know i don't know i haven't really seen explored often i think that's just neat because i think that i mean from a lot of the research that's come up in the last decade or so it seems like there's significant evidence and that these sort of things can help and they're not just like a drug culture like uh, just getting high sort of thing. Like it actually has some benefit benefits. Oh, right. I like how you said uh, using it as a tool, not just a, a, a crutch, I guess. Yeah. For life. <laughs> yeah. So do you that, think, you, you think yeah. you'd ever do like the guided um, trips, I guess? Because I was going to, I was thinking about it. Like if I was ever going to do this mm-hmm. and you had a shaman there to like guide me through it, maybe I might try it. Yeah, um, I thought about it. I mean, I don't know where I would go. I mean, I live in Seattle, so I'm sure there's like some sort of, <laughs> I don't know, some sort of like hippie sort of commune. Going around ra- asking random people, are you a shaman? <laughs> are you a shaman? <laughs> Actually, I know someone, a family member who went to go do, uh, it was, it was I, I think it was ayahuasca, actually. He went to some sort of like retreat for a couple weeks. Oh yeah, in the state, um, but like again, it's just one of those things where like, I, am I ready to possibly just face all of this in the brain? Like, I don't. Mm-hmm. It's it's very like it's scary because that's the thing is like I think it's meant for like young people, like mm-hmm. that don't have anything to lose. <laughs> It's like you're still living with your parents. You have your first job. And if, you know, you lose your mind a little bit, you can get it back. (laughs) Exactly. Once you're a little bit older, like you don't really have the uh, a lot. You have it's you can't afford to lose any of your mind. But at the same time, like young people, their minds haven't developed until what, 25, 30. Mm -hmm. So they don't have like a clear grasp on, you know, 
I don't know, the world. Like, I would feel more comfortable doing it now as a 36-year-old than a 21-year-old. No, you're definitely right. Like, you have more experience. You have more just, I don't know, a bit more experience in general. Yeah, you know yourself better. Yeah, exactly. I think you're right. I think being older would probably be a more uh, responsible time to do it. Right. I I think I was telling my wife, I was like, if I'm ever, because she doesn't want me to do it. She's like, Mm -hmm. that stuff changes people. I don't want you to come back as a different person. I like who you are now. And I'm like, you know what? That's fair. But if I'm on my deathbed, (laughs) give me all the things before I die. (laughs) Man, that'd be the time to do it. Right. On my deathbed, that's my dying wish is like, I just want to be injected with lsd ayahuasca like i want to experience all these things before i die i can just imagine how either terrifying or beautiful that must be right and I I'm, just, I'm leaving anyway so i don't care <laughs> it's one of those situations where you wish you could just like imagine exactly how it is or just like i don't know that's just such a interesting situation to even think about mm-hmm. um, but would you ever i mean say like you were you didn't have someone saying like, Hey, I don't want you to be doing this. Would you? Oh, a hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. My, uh, the only reason I don't do it is because of my wife. I mean, I don't want to say a hundred percent because like mm-hmm. I said, there is that door that I'm scared to knock on. Mm-hmm. But if I'm by myself and I'm like, I don't have anyone else to really worry about. Like, I, uh, I don't mind losing my mind a little bit. I might feel the same way. And if it was like a guided group thing where you're just around like-minded people, I mean, Right. I think that's part of it too is having that sort of um comfortable sort of welcoming setting. Definitely because even you know smoking pot being around the wrong people just give you a bad trip. Like you oh, think yeah. everyone everyone's judging you and you know I, it's just not cool. So you definitely have to be around the right people. For sure. Yeah. Um there was one thing else in this movie that I forgot to mention and I don't remember what it is now. But how do you feel about the ending of the movie? It kind of like, I get it. Like, it's kind of a cute story and it had to come to an end somehow, but it's the love is everything. I, yeah, I didn't, I, I, that was the one other moment besides the ape thing at first that I was kind of like, ah, all right. <laughs> it felt very just, just too perfect of like a bow tie, right. wrap it all up. Um, like all honestly, visually it was cool, and I and I get the message, mm-hmm. but like it just it just felt too clean. Yeah, same, and I'm glad you said that because obviously this you know is part of the war with cinema, and Nick always gives me a hard time because I'm like <laughs> it ended too pretty. He's like, "What are you talking about? It was a nice ending." I'm <laughs> like, "Yeah, but I didn't want it to end like that. I wanted right. it to be like I don't know. I just." It was, like you said, it was a, a bow tie that I didn't want. Yeah, and I mean, like, I, I don't mind if the movie wants to end on a on a note like that, but it just, I don't know. I was sort of hoping for something a bit more ambiguous mm-hmm. or just like, I don't know. <sighs> um, Have you ever seen Annihilation? Yes. That kind of ending would have been satisfying. Um, remind me again what happens in Annihilation. It's all so, at one time. Spoilers for Annihilation. Um, but she goes into the cave and it's her uh her supposable, you know, boyfriend or whatever, but it's not him. It's the actual like alien. Hmm. And then the uh, it's ambiguous, so it's kinda hard to say, but like the light, you kind of see the alien and then lights kind of like take over the whole screen and she kind of gets absorbed by the the alien i guess mm-hmm. and it's just very ambiguous it's very like well, what just happened oh is did that they... where it ends yeah they're like did they kill her did she become one with them like it's just you're not sure what happened oh. i mean i'm that's what i remember the ending being i do remember that cave scene and with the light i just couldn't remember if it actually ended there but you're you're probably right that's how I remember it ending, but I could be wrong. But that's, <laughs> but that kind of like ambiguous ending, like having him become light and then light shines and then have the credits roll mm-hmm. or like the whole TV turning white 
and then the credits roll. It's like, well, what happened? Right. Did he, bec- did he become a star? <laughs> <laughs> Is he exactly. all knowing? Right. That would have been that would have been a really tight ending. Right. Um, but this, like, oh, I can sort of switch between my externalized hallucinatory. Not even well. Well, no, it wasn't hallucinatory. It was like he was he changed genetically. Yeah, he was mutating. But able to something. change, but he could like switch between the two states. I mean, him I guess that's the... yeah. I was just gonna say him hitting the wall and changing like he was a TV channel <laughs> kind of had me laughing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Just like just changing the antenna or having to. Uh, right this isn't the frequency i want i need a different channel mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know it's kind of cheesy campy but you know I'll, I'll i'll take it for what it is I, I think what 80s cinema isn't doesn't have a bit of of camp right along with it so it's just like you know like a, yeah you learn it, to guess. accept it right. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, but overall i thought it was a pretty fun movie like i really really enjoyed the ride yeah, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it cuz yeah, I don't I don't know man, it's it's a very entertaining film. It brings up a lot of topics and concepts that I think hold weight. Mm-hmm. And um and even if there's just like pseudoscience stuff, it's still like super fascinating to talk about. Um but honestly, there's there's a deprivation tank place in Seattle that I might go to. And I might have to report on the next episode about the experience. <laughs> I was going to say, because I haven't looked into it. I mean, I live in Florida. We have like everything. So mm-hmm. I'm sure there's one around here somewhere. But oh, I have to. been wanting to try it because I don't know. It's just there's something about it that intrigues me. It sort of sounds like a kind of, I don't I mean, I, don't, I honestly don't know how, what it's like besides this movie's, you know, over the top showing of it but it almost kind of seems like a meditation type thing where you're sort of just in the moment Mm -hmm. i don't know but like this hallucinatory stuff that people say they experience i don't know what the hell that's about i don't know how that works but and that's why i'm curious because it's not a drug you're just in a dark tank for a bit supervised so how how bad could it go yeah right but i guess it's the whole thing about being secure with yourself because you're going to be hanging some of the guy in the documentary. He's like, it's like going out on a date with yourself. Mm. And I do that regularly. I don't <laughs> need a deprivation tank for it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it I don't know. It'd be worth it. Yeah. hundred um, <laughs> percent. I'm just that kind of person. I like to put on headphones, put on some music and kind of just like go exploring in my mind and see where it goes kind of thing. For sure. And I don't know if people really do that, but it's so nice to just kind of like cut off from the world and just hang out with yourself i think i think more people if they don't they should yeah Um, i think it's important for people to be aware of their thoughts and just how comfortable they are with themselves like i know some people who are just like they need to be around people or they can't like silence is just like too much to handle yeah silence is torture to them (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, man, that's that sucks because silence can be such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to agree, but it's also like, if you're feeling a certain way, stop and think about why you're feeling that way. Like, really getting to know yourself on like a really intimate level. So, like, when you start to feel a certain way, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling you know, embarrassed, you really understand why you're feeling that way. And that only comes from just the experience of silence and being in your own head. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like a habit too of asking and reflecting. Like when you mm-hmm. said like, when, why am I angry? Why am I feeling anxious? Um, it's just something you have to keep reflecting on. It's not going to be a one night thing where you're like, okay, now whenever I'm angry, I can respond a bit differently. But yeah, it's just important to reflect and um... yeah, and it is super interesting to go into a deprivation tank to see how you, those uh, manifest themselves. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I think it's called like Float Seattle. I'm gonna have to look into that. I think I might have to do it. If you do, definitely, we'll definitely have to talk about it and talk oh, about for sure. experiences because I'm super curious. And 
maybe I'll try it myself if it's not too crazy expensive. Hey, that'd be cool. Because we both I can't do it. Ju- <laughs> right. Get on the pod and talk about it. <laughs> Hell yeah. I can't. Uh, I don't know if I could justify my wife. Hey, I'm going to go sit in this tube of water for an hour for $100. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. What are you doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> Couldn't you just like do that in the bathtub or something? Right, right, right. Off the lights. Do this here. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> I have to actually pay money for it. That's how it makes it official. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's how I know it's really working. Very exactly. give them a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. Did you have any other thoughts about the film? Um, I had something on tip of my tongue, and I don't know what it is. So he gets the deprivation tank. He meets the girl. He turns into a... Oh, I think I was just going to talk about how the deprivation tank, like, turns into a nuclear reactor and that was yeah. kind of weird that was <laughs> yeah sort of just vanished so much energy was just output and it just obliterated the tank and it became a almost like a cyclone of oh right right fog. right the the fucking cyclone i completely forgot about that thing yet like implodes <laughs> yeah and then he's just like in the uh the the soup of energy and he's just like in it spinning in agony (laughs) and suffering i guess that's what i love about it it's just like it's like it it doesn't hold back it goes for it it's like we don't care how ridiculous this is we know how ridiculous it is we're just having fun yeah and uh we're gonna you know what's funny is we're gonna be doing uh the fifth element on the next podcast with uh nick and i oh yeah and I was thinking the same thing. Like this, this movie just doesn't hold back. It just let it just goes for it. And I love movies like that. I appreciate them. It, it's just great when the filmmaker doesn't feel the need to hold back. And I've heard that a lot of this director's work. He's pretty out there with a lot of his ideas and just in his visuals in general. So it's just, it's just very, it's just very nice to see someone not care to hold back and not play it safe. Because I think it's important to have creators like this who um just push it push the boundaries that's just what we need in the art world yes exactly and those I mean, are the mo- yeah, those are the kind of the movies i want to do on this podcast with you is talking about those movies that really just like push the boundaries ever which way they can and i just find them super interesting but like it's not that nick doesn't like these movies mm-hmm. It's just he literally asked me, please don't give me these. <laughs> well, if he asked, then yeah, don't. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to create a new space. Uh, have you ever, uh, did you ever watch that movie Stalker? No, I haven't watched it yet, dude. I own it. I've it's, had it for like five years. Yeah, it's like high art. Um, and I didn't know what it was. I kind of bought it off of a whim. Like, mm-hmm. if you like these movies, you'll like this. And oh, I was yeah. like, Stalker, that sounds fun. Um, so I bought it and I was like, hey, we're going to do a blind a blind watch on the podcast he's like all right cool i'm down so i watched it and i was like oh shit what have i done <laughs> <laughs> you he guys like fix in. each other when you watch the films or do you go go in the conversation blind uh usually goes into a blind okay usually he he holds everything in until he gets here you got and it. if you go back and watch stalker like at the beginning he's like oh i'm getting into your ass on this movie like he hated it oh man and he's asked me he's like please don't give me any more of these like <laughs> Well, I think Stalker in particular is a very, I mean, like I said, I haven't seen it, but I just know it's a slow burn, like, very Mm -hmm. much so. Yeah, it takes slow burn to fucking, (laughs) takes it to the limit. Takes it to the paint drying level. Yes, but I enjoyed it. Like, there's a lot of philosophical uh, dialogue in there Mm -hmm. that I really found fascinating. And it's a beautiful movie. Like, Tarkovsky is like a painter, but with a camera. Oh, he, I love it. He, he he makes the most gorgeous looking shots I've ever seen in a movie. So Oh, that's exciting. If anything, there's that to look forward to. Yeah, I'm gonna need to just have a night to myself and, and get on that. It's long as fuck. It's like three hours and twenty minutes, so Oh, awesome. My <laughs> my favorite types of movies. <laughs> it's a slow bird and it takes a half a day. Oh good, yeah. See, those, that's the kind of film I'd like to see in a theater where like I you know, I can't, I don't have any distractions besides 
like the people around me. Like I just, I don't have my phone to get on. I don't have the outside world just mm-hmm. in the, in my own deprivation tank. Yes. Called the hundred percent. Yeah. I would love that. I, me and Nick have talked about that, like opening our own theater, but we show movies we want to see, not oh, what's yeah. popular. Like yeah. to just have stalker up there for like a week. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Do you guys have any like art house theaters in your town? I think we do, but I don't really look into it too much. <laughs> I kind of just watch them at home because it's a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah, plus it costs money to go out, and especially if it's a movie that you can just see at home. Like, yeah, that's kind of my thing. Like, I don't know. It's harder to go to the movies nowadays because we're getting back into that Hollywood. <laughs> just, It's just the same old Hollywood, you know what I mean? Um, yeah <laughs> so there's not a whole lot coming out that i'm like interested nothing i'm like excited about totally get it i mean so. there's like a few movies that i like i want to see but not enough for me to actually like i mean i live very close to a theater like five minutes away but it's still not it's not enough for me to go see like you know top gun maverick i'm, I'm curious i want to check it out but i already missed the imax showing of it so i'm just like yeah fuck it yeah exactly yeah, so I kind of just buy movies and I sit at home in my own little deprivation tank at my house and watch movies. <laughs> but it That's... would be cool to see like art house films on the big screen. I I wish there was more of that. But it's just there's just not the audience. That's the problem. It's like there's gonna be all of five of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that the, the place really counts. Cause I mean, like in Seattle, we have a handful of independent art house theaters that play a variety of stuff and yeah i just i wish those were more frequent in, in major cities yeah um, i kind of wish i wish there was more around florida florida's like the uh i mean it's the theme park state so right. the movie theaters around here are basically like theme parks in in a sense they only want to play the big action movies there's not a lot of there's not an art, art house scene very much around. there's a horror indie scene here mm, that's cool though <laughs> Yeah, I'm it's not my scene, but there's a lot of guys around here that are really into like that indie horror stuff. Oh, okay. Shout out to We Massacre, but uh yeah. So there's at that. Least, at least some of them are there. It's right. got a, some sort of community. Yeah, definitely. Mhm. Um so I figured we'll keep on this train of like interesting topics for movies and uh, I asked you if you've seen Flatliners. <laughs> Have you ever heard of this? Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, I know right. there's the... Um, was it? Is it 90s or early 2000s? Yeah, I think it was 90s. Okay. I think it was like 94. Yeah, I'm aware of it. And I know they did a remake, like, I don't know, last decade that I heard was kind of shit so i i saw the trailer and i could have told you it was shit because they take the concept (laughs) they take the concept and they push it too far oh okay like they push it into like horror territory and that's really not what it is oh really horror movie yeah oh well that's refreshing to hear because i I thought it was a horror film i mean it's scary (laughs) right but not in like the 2010s horror jump scared shit no, it just takes a concept and just kind of like scares you with it, or it scared me anyway. Sort of it's, like uh, altered states does a bit. Yes, definitely. But we we're gonna play around with uh, death. Oh, lovely! One of my favorite topics to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured we could do that one next. I figured it would be an interesting topic to talk oh, yeah. about. Let's and do it. Re- revisit flatliners. I'm I'm so down for that. I would I would I love I would love to. Death is a concept that I explore a lot in my own work. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 on the same wavelength. Let's do oh, it. Oh yeah, super excited. Well, I guess until then, we'll uh we'll leave it at that. Until next Ooh. time. Sorry, I got What's one up? thing to point out. Hey, go Our, for it. Um, there's just there's a few things in uh, this movie I thought was pretty interesting. I forgot to even mention. Uh, it was just like a scene that I thought was insanely clever. Um. It's during his trip in the cave. Mm-hmm. He lays like he sees a like Komodo dragon, uh, which I think was Komodo or a sal- or a. Um... It was either a Komodo or a very large uh, iguana. Yeah, or um, 
one of those big lizards, but it's yeah. like, <laughs> Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just go with that. Um, but like it turns into his wife and she's, she's laying in a very strange position, sort of just looking around and, uh, the main character starts lays on its side mm-hmm. and slowly over the course of this sequence, they become, oh, right, right, they become right, like right. statues and sand statues. Mm-hmm. And they slowly, all the sand starts to get, starts to blow away and it starts to sort of weather them down until they become like sand dunes. Mm-hmm. And it was like such a beautifully put together sequence and so unexpected. It was so awesome. <laughs> like, I that was just like one of the coolest things I've seen in the film in in a fucking long time. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I completely forgot about it. Yeah, because I was like, um, what are we doing? And I was like, I don't hate it. Yeah, <laughs> let's see where this goes. And I love that he took his time with it. He like really, yes. like really let it just sink in. And I was like, yes, please sit here for a minute. Let me embrace what you're trying to tell me if I don't understand it. <laughs> and th- exactly, and that's what I love about so much of this is that. They go very abstract with and, and very symbolic. And like that sequence in particular, like it just goes on until they become nothing. Mm. And it's so like symbolic of its like state of being and state of mind, which is like slowly deteriorating into nothing, into dust. Yeah. yeah. Just just yeah. like, oh, so good. It was. You could literally, literally like clip out that scene and just play it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> It is a really good scene, but actually, now that you said that, it may it reminded me what I was gonna talk about earlier. Oh, okay. oh, just the uh, there was a lot of religious symbolism. Yes, at first there was that one, um, the very first trip, I guess you could say, where the goat's head and oh man, on a cross, and I know it's a lot of religious symbolism because he's what is he suppressing religion because his parents don't like religion. Like there's yeah. that one part where he keeps throwing the picture of Christ over his dad's face and his dad is like yanking it off. It's almost like he's like wanting to push religion on them, even though they're rejecting it. Yeah. It, I, I kind of saw it as like, um, because he mentioned that after his father died, he just like sort of dropped any idea of religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing him throw on like a, it was almost like a tapestry of, of, of Christ onto his father and him throwing it off and it catching on fire was sort of like a death of his, his spiritual belief and also his physical father, a spiritual father mm-hmm. and physical father. I thought that was like a really clever um, use of imagery there. Right. Um, but, and then sort of the whole film is him. I mean, that's basically the crux of him doing all this i think is 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 exploring that grief and like trying to understand like what does any of this mean what is the point and then because he also mentions like his father's last word was terrible and he's like well we are suffering and then the end is just suffering so like what is what's the truth like what is the point mm-hmm. very um almost kind of nihilistic outlook it sort of reaches a very like i don't know the end of the film is very i don't know if nihilistic is the right word because they don't really reach a truth it's just sort of like yeah this is this is uh confusing and there's a lot of suffering but at least there's at least there's love and yeah exactly (laughs) no nihilism i i kind of relish in nihilism so uh (laughs) Mm -hmm. i like to think i'm well versed in it but yeah nihilism is just uh, you know denying everything (laughs) denying existence but uh but yeah i was super interested i don't know what i'm trying to say it's okay don't worry about it (laughs) i just like it's all the imagery of the 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 regression and i was trying to understand it because it starts with religion that's his like first experience Mm-hmm. And then it goes to the caveman, and then it goes to him. I I I don't even know what to call it, but the entity, right? So I don't know. I just thought it was super interesting. Like I don't know. 
Yeah, it's if sort you play, of a, if you play it forward, like you have the entity, and then we become apes, and then we, uh, and then I, that's another thing I was going to talk about. Have you ever heard of the stoned ape theory? Uh, yes, I think it's I heard that on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, where the uh, um, apes took psychedelics, and that's what helped them evolve into you know what we are today. Yeah, I think I yeah, that's a fascinating <laughs> concept. I mean. I, I don't see it not being, I, I don't know, I, why not? I mean, that's definitely a possibility. Think about all the different plants that were just out there that contained these properties. Definitely, right. I'm sure these, the primitive beings and our ancestors took <laughs> these and were like, holy shit. Yeah, right. And it's not something they're going to legalize and make illegal. So they probably went all out with it, I'm sure. <laughs> Wildly right. available. Yeah, it's super. It's just a super interesting concept to me, and that's what made, that's what I kept thinking about when he was in his caveman state. I'm like, oh, this is like stoned ape theory. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, and like you said, yeah. it's, it's sort of a devolving, but also evolving at the same time. Yes, yes, exactly. Like you have to go back to your beginnings to understand where you are. Spot on. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's yeah. All, yeah. Oops, sorry. <laughs> No, you're good. I was just going to say that uh, that religious experience was the one thing that I was I uh, wanted to talk about, and I finally reminded me because of that super awesome lizard sand scene you reminded me of. Yeah, I, I completely forgot the, the the first scene with the goat head, and the, that was very like bold imagery to start the film out on. I was like, okay, this is the kind <laughs> of the film we're gonna be uh, dealing with. That's <laughs> you don't see that often. <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm glad it didn't beat us over the head with it, though. Um, mm -hmm. But it was very like Sam Raimi. Like Sam Raimi got his inspiration from that scene. Mm. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, made me think of him. Yeah, I mean, that's. I don't know if I have much more to say in like a substantial way other than like uh, the music was good. <laughs> the music oh, was great wasn't it yeah dude <laughs> i was thinking the same thing i was like man the 80s are fucking rocking it with these uh this fucking score yeah it was it was super like there at times it was very like minimal and, and avant-garde a lot of the compositions were and um very kind of eerie same mm -hmm. sound design like i think there's actually won an oscar for best sound and best score really yeah, the, my DVD it. has uh, special features, and the special features consist of uh, paragraphs of text. Um, <laughs> and they're not really special features. One of them is like sort of just asking you questions like, what do you believe is consciousness? And what is consciousness? And what are dreams? And then also just some like factoids about the film. And that was, that was one of them. <laughs> oh, that's super. Hardly special features, but. <laughs> Yeah, you probably got the same one that I got. I didn't look into those, but I might have to now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's. I think that's all I've got on the filming. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me too. I don't have a whole lot more, but uh, yeah, it was a super. I'm glad I watched this film. Like, um, highly recommend it. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, do you um, you can cut this out. But do you do? I forget. Do you do ratings, or do you just do like recommend? Or not recommend. It's or funny because it. uh, it's funny because Nick does ratings. Mm -hmm. He does like a one to ten, ten being the best, one being the worst, and he wants me to do a rating so bad. Like, what do you rate this movie? And I was like, Oh, oh you I don't do it. them, do you? No, because it pisses him off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll do them with you just to piss him off even more. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we don't. We we can totally do a different system if you want. I don't care either way. I I did ratings on my podcast, so if yeah. you wanna if you wanna do something a bit more, uh, I tried some experimental rating, but it just didn't pan out. So mm -hmm. it it for some reason the one to ten just works, and that's why everyone does it. Yeah, <laughs> I would say like we could do one to ten, one to five, or just like recommend, not recommend, but that doesn't really like give a whole lot of insight i guess saying i recommend a movie doesn't i don't know i know it, it it does kind of take the wind wind out of my sail whenever uh 
we're doing our quote unquote rating. He's like, I give it a 7.9. And I'm like, I give it a recommended. It's like, it just kind of, it's whatever, <laughs> but I keep doing it because it upsets him. But, uh, <laughs> I wonder if he's going to listen to this. He'd be like, what the fuck, man? You're only <laughs> doing that to piss me off. Yes. Yes, I am only doing that to upset you because it's war with cinema and that's what we do. Yeah. There's gotta be a bit of war intention involved. Yeah, definitely. I haven't given him a bad movie in a while. I need to step up my game. Oh, like a um, like one that he's not gonna like, or just like a bad movie. No, like when he. I mean, I haven't given him. I had the Death Box for a while. It was like B yeah. movies. Yeah. And it just, I can never find a good time to do it. So I haven't given him one of those in a while. But just because really it's you know just... it's gonna be a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I guess we can just do a one through ten rating. Okay, that works with me. Um, God, where do I put this? Oh, now I feel the pressure of Nick. <laughs> he gives everything a seven, but now I'm kind of like, I want to give he it gives a, seven. a seven. Or an eight. I don't know. 7.5? 7.5 feels right. Okay. Um, I usually, I'm, I'm, I'm like a one to five star guy by heart. So I'm thinking, like, what would a? I'm like four and four and a half, but on a one to ten scale, that would be like a, or like an eight, eight and a half. Yeah. Um, just because this had a lot of a lot of stuff in it that just I dig. Mm-hmm. I, I really love high concept sci-fi ideas, and like I said, it dives into the psychedelic, spiritual science mind stuff <laughs> oh yeah a, con- a concept alone i give it a 10 oh for a sure concept yeah. alone it's a 10 it's just the visuals there was a couple of times that i was like eh. like um for example that end scene mm-hmm. whenever she's sitting on the floor and she's covered in whatever it is she's covered in it looks really cheap like a youtube video <laughs> And it's just moments like that kind of scattered throughout the movie that kind of like take me out of the movie. Yeah. And I get it. It's kind of a a product of its time visually, mm-hmm. but the visuals that it does use sometimes, like you were saying, like even for the eighties, this is fucking amazing. So it is. And it makes me wonder, like, are there more films out there like this that just sort of push the boundaries of, of visuals in like a, like a standard three act narrative. I'd mm-hmm. like to I'd like to find more of that. Yeah, definitely. That's kind of what I wanted to do with this podcast is like find those little hidden gems. Oh, we're gonna do it. Yeah. We're gonna we're definitely. gonna go on the hunt. <laughs> it sounds good to me. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Your uh your mic cut out, so I wasn't. Oh shoot, sure. okay. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yep, you're good. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Well, do you want to add any more? Are you calling it? Uh, I guess we can call it because I don't have a whole lot more. I touched on the things that I forgot about earlier. So uh, I'm good if you're good. Yeah, man. I'm good. All right. Well, uh, next time we'll be doing uh, Flatliners. So uh, until then, later, guys. See ya.